Welcome back to the Sculpture Life Podcast. I hope everyone is doing well. It's already February, which is pretty crazy. Today, I am excited because my one of my best friends is coming on to speak today. Her name is Iris. We've been besties for a while now. We've traveled together. We shared our personal journeys with one another. We've been there through each other, with for each other through the good times and the hard times. And here we are today on the podcast. I'm super stoked to have her on. I'm actually really enjoying inviting my friends and clients onto the show lately. It's a good vibe and flow, you know, have a coffee, have a chat while providing you guys with some great content and value. Like why the hell not? Honestly, I started this podcast guys, because I love to learn, expand my mind and horizons and hear different perspectives on various topics. So creating this platform has been a great outlet for me. And I really just honestly do it for fun. At first, when I started, I was a little concerned about what are people going to think? I've never done a podcast. Will people like it? And all those, you know, stories that we create in our minds. But then I was just like, screw it. Like striving for perfection is a losing battle. And that's that. So my advice is if there's something that you want to do, but you're hesitant about it because you're not sure how it's going to turn out, my advice and my mantra is just, don't don't think too much just do it and let the rest fall into place and that's my little nugget of wisdom for the day anyways in today's episode iris and i will be talking all about collecting experiences instead of things we are the sum of our experiences the places we've seen the lessons we've learned the people we've connected with as well as the relationships we've built and as much as experiences are fleeting even though we can't capture every moment, no matter how hard we try, they still become a big part of us as we move through our lives. They reflect more on on who you are than any object ever could. And so sharing our experiences and stories allows us to bond with others in a deep and meaningful way. Iris is going to have a lot to say about this topic. Ever since I've known her, she's been traveling all over. She's immersed herself in so many different experiences and cultures. She has an infectious zest for life, and it certainly rubbed off on me. I always know who to go to if I'm considering visiting a new country. She'll likely have a list of places to visit on hand and gladly create a travel itinerary for me. So before we start, guys, as per usual, I just want to give you some background on my good friend, Iris. She is a travel industry expert with over 10 years of experience in sales and marketing for tourism startups. She graduated with a business degree but changed careers in her early 20s, leaving behind the corporate insurance industry to pursue a career in a field that she cared deeply about, travel. Travel has been in her bones since she was a baby. Her first flight was at three months old when when her family immigrated from Israel to Canada. She's now visited over 45 countries and sees travel as the single most important vehicle to self-awareness, trust of others, and acceptance of our fellow humans. So guys, I'd like to officially welcome Iris onto the show. Girl, what's up? Oh, hey girl. This is so great. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I've been religiously listening to all of your episodes and I just could not wait for this day. So I'm so you. excited to have you on, man. It's going to be amazing. Uh, yeah, I'm really and excited to talk travel. It's my favorite subject. So thanks that's what I was going to say. I was like, we need a topic that you're super passionate about. And what better topic to talk about than travel and just experiences in general, right? Absolutely. So, okay, let's get into it. 
tell us all, I want you to tell us about your story. Like you started exploring the world and traveling alone for many years now. So what inspired you to want to explore different cultures and immerse yourself in these new experiences? Good question. Um, so I would say it was probably a combination of different things. First of all, the value of travel was ingrained in me at a really young age by my parents, not on purpose, um, but my dad was a history professor in Romania and he was like just fascinated with the world. And they both, both my mom and my dad grew up in Romania during the communist period when travel outside of Romania was forbidden. So they lived a really different life than what we have now. But my dad was so drawn to learning about different cultures and learning about the world that he managed to pull some strings through his father who um, worked in politics and whatnot. And he managed to get out of Romania to travel to Italy to spend the summer there with a family friend. And he would even like from when I was five years old, he would just like he would tell me all about Italy. He would rave about the, the history and the experiences he would have. And he would tell me about the random people he'd meet at cafes and like the museums he would visit and everything that he learned and how he grew, how he really came of age in his early 20s by going to these places and, and spending time traveling. So, of course, as soon as I got the chance, I wanted to go to Italy. Um, and when I was 16 years old, I did a study abroad program for a summer in Rome. So I spent six weeks total there, four weeks in Rome, two weeks in Florence, and just completely fell in love with it, but also struggled big time because it was the first time that I'd ever been away from my family that far and for that long. Like mm -hmm. it really hit me when I got there the morning after I landed. Um, I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I'm on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean. Like I've never been this far away from my family. I'm only 16 years old. Like what am I going to do? How am I going to navigate this new city, this new country, this new like life that I'm living? And six weeks is a long time when you're that age. Like now for us, we're just like, whatever, six weeks that goes mm -hmm. by in a flash, especially during the pandemic, Jesus. Um, but at the time it felt really scary to me. And it was the first time I'd really experienced that kind of debilitating vulnerability. Um, and I had to figure it all out by myself. I had to buy a ticket at the subway on the Metro. I'd have to order food in Italian because back then like tourism was definitely huge but they didn't have the, the tourism numbers that they have now Italy as a destination and so that was like 16 years ago not everybody spoke English so I just remember it being such a transformational period for me at that age having to figure things out by myself um, and at the end of it just being so proud of myself through about all the personal growth I had gone through like learning about myself and learning about the world and like kind of walking in my father's footsteps. Um, and I mean, that wasn't the first time I'd traveled. We'd take family trips to Florida when I was five or six. And I just remember being like fascinated by how different the grocery stores looked in Florida. <laughs> it's like the least culturally diverse place on the planet. Oh, no, probably. <laughs> I've never actually been to Florida, which is actually kind of crazy what you live in Ontario and you've never been to Florida. I'm one of those. Yeah. I love it. But yeah, like we didn't have a lot of money growing up. So we would go on these like road trips once a year down to Florida and it was just, it was fun. But, but to me, it was such an adventure. Like I would just stare out the window for the 12 hour drive every day and like imagine how people in America lived even when I was a kid. So yeah, I've always really been um, drawn to that. And so um, after I spent that summer in Rome, I was hooked. I came home. Like I, 
really noticed how much I'd grown when I got back because when you're there and you're in it, you're just like, oh my God, I'm having the time of my life. Like I'm drinking in bars at 16 and I'm like yeah. chatting with locals and like doing all these crazy things. And then you come home and you're like, whoa, I feel like a different person. And that feeling of having grown just became so addicting to me and I loved it. So that's ever amazing. since then, yeah, I would say that that's really gotten me onto into traveling. And now I've been to like 45 countries and I've made it a career and I've never really looked back. It's been the best part of my life. 16 years, years old to go to Italy by yourself. Like that's pretty impressive. Like I only traveled on my own when I was, Noel, I was visiting my dad in Hungary. So I was like 19, 20 and that was, but that wasn't going on my own. I was going to visit my dad. I went to like Italy and Spain at 26, but so oh, yeah, 16 I remember is that super trip. young. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, it's interesting because you were saying that your dad was really fascinated by travel. Like that's what inspired you. Like he was really, because he grew up in the communist era in Romania. I wonder if my mom was very much the same because I told you my, my mom's Romanian too. And like, there yeah. was, it was very restricted. They couldn't do much. And so traveling was like a huge, like no, like adventure like she left and went to Greece and to Yugoslavia and like she just wanted to explore because there's so much oppression and restriction in that communist era in Romania back then so That's it's almost like that freedom of like being able to travel it's all they kind of really um took that on I think that's so true actually I feel like I could sense that from my parents when they would talk about how travel was this portal to unlocking their their sense of freedom, their sense of personal empowerment, all of these things that we as modern day people really take for granted. But back then it was like everything to them. Totally. Like my mom wrote a little book called Quest for Freedom when she left Romania and uh, like, cause she went to Yugoslavia and then she went to Greece and then she came to Canada. Like she talked about her whole story oh of like, exactly. And it's, just, it's such a different experience for them, you know? So I wonder, that's what I was saying. I think that that must have been ingrained in them too, like just to want to, you know, unleash that and find their individuality and their autonomy through travel. Absolutely. So, okay. So my next question is, let's, let's talk all about this whole concept of spending money on experiences versus collecting things. What value and benefits would you say come from spending time Spending time and money on experiences versus things. This is becoming a big thing now. Like, this Yeah, this is like the millennial motto, like spend yeah. money on experiences, not things, which is great. I just want to recognize that travel is a privilege and I'm coming at this, this conversation from a really privileged standpoint that I have my basic needs met and mm -hmm. we all, like we all do in our, in our network and it's not everybody does. So I just want to, like for any listeners out there that are like, what, I can't like this isn't an option for me, like we're not ignoring that. Um, I've had to make some serious sacrifices as well to be able to travel. Like I would live paycheck to paycheck. I had to really reprogram my brain to reprogram my self-image because I realized that when I stopped equating my self-image with what I wore or whether or not I had a car or whatever mm -hmm. like material things that made me quote unquote feel good, it became a lot easier to justify spending money on those experiences that would really, really fill me up. Um, 100%. So yeah, yeah, I feel I like you're the same. Yeah. Oh, totally. Like, and the thing is like, you, I think me and you have that same mentality. Like we don't, we just don't get attached to things like even clothes. Yeah. Like it's just not, I don't know if maybe it's a personality thing, maybe something that you can learn, adopt a mentality like this, but 
talk about, so what would you say is the benefits, like the pros and the cons kind of thing? Well, there's this thing called the paradox of possessions, which um, a Cornell University prof basically came, did a 20 year study and came to this conclusion that the trouble with things is that happiness, the happiness that they provide fades quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are two reasons for this. Number one, we assume that the happiness we get from buying something will last as long as the item itself, mm-hmm. which seems really intuitive that investing in something we can see, hear, and touch on a permanent basis would deliver the most value. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't. So that's the number one thing. It doesn't do what we think it does when we purchase something, like provide mm-hmm. us lasting happiness. And then the other thing is that we're the sum of our experiences. As you said earlier in the introduction, mm-hmm. we change in the process of experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and by gathering those experiences, become better people, become more resilient people. And aside from that, we reco- like the ability to recall experiences that made us feel alive and relive these pod- positive experiences while we're suffering is huge. And I've noticed that even just during the pandemic that like I can think I can look at travel photos or think about times where I've felt free, which is kind of the opposite of what I feel right now. And Mm -hmm. just taking myself to that place in my brain makes Mm -hmm. me feel better because everything we do gets sent through the brain. Like you can imagine a feeling, you can, you can basically recreate the feeling of being somewhere through a visualization Mm -hmm. um, and feel better and feel that the way that you felt while you were experiencing it. So I really feel that the permanent impact of experiences for me at least, I'm not preaching that everybody should do this, but for me, like that time that I spent, you know, on a bike tour in Ireland with a bunch of people that were totally my crew, like we were the same, we, we were like-minded, but different enough from different parts of the world that we, that we challenged each other. Um, but that feeling of like camaraderie and community of having a shared experience around something we loved, like biking, was, I still think about it, like I still think about that that trip and I don't feel so alone whenever I do feel lonely. Yeah, it's it's interesting how traveling on your own does that. Eh? Like I think back to my trip when I went to Italy and I was in Cinque Terre and I met these amazing people and you just become so close to them in a matter of like two days. We know everything <laughs> about each other more yeah. than like some people back in Toronto. <laughs> and um, it's just yeah, just like that share that whole shared experience and of like like you said biking or hiking through the villages and you just like create this these connections. It's it's really wild. Cuz you can basically be whoever you want to be in these scenarios and mm-hmm. it's not that you're putting on a persona, it's rather that you're being stripped of your of your walls, I find when you're traveling. Like you become so bare and vulnerable. It really just like strips you of all of the preconceived ideas of who you were when you get to a new destination and you're just like, oh my God, this isn't, I'm not on autopilot anymore. I'm not on autopilot and I can find the experiences and the things that, that feed my soul that maybe I don't, I'm not exposed to here at home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And like I was reading an article and it was, you know, talking about this whole uh, buying things versus, you know, collecting experiences. And like, like you're saying, like, you know, we can like our material things and you can even think that they're part of your identity, but, um, but they still remain separate from you. Whereas your experiences are actually a really, they really do become part of you. 
and um, you kind of forget about I don't know. I really, I, for me anyway, I forget about things that I've bought. And, like, I don't know. It, that, <laughs> yeah. I kind of just forget like, about them <laughs> and they just lay around my house. <laughs> they Exactly. Right. They bring you happiness once when you purchase them and maybe a few more times. Yeah. But they're not really there consistently. You know, they don't become, they don't change who you are. Exactly. And you know, so we were just saying like, I, like, I believe we're shaped by our experiences by connecting with others and building new relationships. And there's a lot of personal growth that takes place when we step out of our comfort zone and expands our, expand our horizon. So what are some of the biggest ways you'd say that you've grown as a person with all the traveling you've done and these connections that you've cultivated over the years, like the biggest noticeable growth, what would you say? Um, two things, actually maybe three. So number one, I'm much more resilient. Number two, I, I've become a more empathetic person and I I don't want to say the cliched thing of being like, I'm so open and accepting of others now that I've traveled and seen the world, but travel honestly is the antidote to prejudice and bigotry. When you have been in these destinations and you're seeing firsthand the way people live and maybe what their motivations are for acting a certain way. Um, and you're talking to the like tiny shop owner who relies entirely on tourism dollars in order to survive. And often there's a, there's a, there's a disparity, a race disparity, like colored people are the service people catering to these white tourists. And like, Mm -hmm. it just makes you completely, it, it flips the world on its head. Like it gives you a perspective that you're just like, wow, I am so I'm, I'm living in this insulated bubble on the other side of the world. And then there are these people that are living so differently that I never, ever would have been able to interact with and understand had I not come and seen what, they, what they're like, how they live, and most importantly, talk to them and realize mm-hmm. that they're exactly the same as me. Mm-hmm. So empathy is one of the biggest ones. Yeah, empathy. empathy and- sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. Uh, empathy and like understanding people on a different level, I guess. Yeah. And, and, and in a more, on a more like selfish level, I guess I've become a lot more resilient, like traveling navigate, it just forces you to navigate things and embrace the discomfort and just rise above it because there's a, it can be really grueling. Um, it can really stretch your mental and physical boundaries. It makes you realize like what your body and mind are capable of. Um, it makes you realize that like it forces you into uncomfortable situations and to get out of your comfort zone, like navigating a new country, um, you know, trying to speak that language, um, trying to like not miss your train, running for like running for that last train to get you out of this town where you need to get out before it gets dark or else like you're going to have to sleep in the train station, Um, missing, missing trains being pulled over by police. I've gone through like the ringer really in traveling um, and i never would have put myself in these situations, but because I've, because I had to, and then like, I've had to go through it as they say, the only way out is through, mm-hmm. um, coming out the other side of some really tough situations that I've navigated on my own is so rewarding. So I've definitely become more resilient. 
I was just thinking something just popped to my head when you were like pushing my physical boundaries. And I just remember you were telling, was that you? You were telling me the story when you like hiked for like 50 kilometers and you thought you were going to pass out. (laughs) Yeah. This was when we were in Mont Tremblant. You're like, yeah, so I was in Israel or somewhere and I hiked for like 50 or 60 kilometers. It was, it was Peru. It was Peru. And I hiked for 60K over three days and I had food poisoning. But there was no, um, <laughs> it was really unpleasant, let me tell you. So there's no like bathrooms on the trail, obviously. And there's no way of getting out without walking. So there's no, as you know, like the Inca Trail, there's no transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was doing a, a, sub, a different part of the trail to get to Machu Picchu. It was called the Salkantai Trail. Mm-hmm. And you didn't have transportation to get you out of there. So if there was an emergency, like you had to walk those 60K to get to the end in most cases. They're not, you know, in severe cases, they'd airlift you. But yeah, I had food poisoning the whole time and it was horrible. Yeah, I think you forgot to mention that part on top (laughs) of the 60K. I was basically a shell of a human being. Um, But yeah, it made me realize like what I'm capable of, you know? Resilience for sure is, is, I'm going to say for me, like, the traveling that I've done, like I obviously haven't traveled as much as you have alone, but the experience that I have done is like, yeah, that whole thing of resilience and like, yeah, like last minute catching your train last minute, like not knowing where you are or like trying to having, having to figure your way out and you don't know anyone and you don't know the language and you just kind of have to roll with the punches and figure it out, you know? Yeah. And I hope to God that you're going to be okay and make it out alive. (laughs) Well, that's actually the experience I've had in most cases where I'm like, somebody has to help me through this. Like I I have to really rely on my ability to like talk to random people because in India, for example, I was, um, I had to get a train ticket in order to get to my next, to get to the next town. Um, But I couldn't bring, they didn't let you bring your luggage into the train station in order to buy your ticket. So I had to ask this random cab driver if he could watch all of my luggage. I only brought like my passport with me and my money um, while I went inside and bought my ticket. And I was like, okay, I'm in India and I've just asked this random taxi driver who doesn't know who I am or anything to watch all of my possessions that I need for the rest of my trip while I do this. And I was just freaking out the whole time. And I came back and he was like, here you go, miss, like whatever. Thanks. And it just makes me, it makes you so much more trusting of others. And like, it makes you give people the benefit of the doubt when you see how much humanity just wants to help each other out no matter where you are in the world and trusting your intuition too right like just right you know back to the back to the energy talk trust your intuition when you're traveling (laughs) let it guide you (laughs) on your journey (laughs) my intuition has failed me once or twice but most of the time it's correct oh man um okay so my last question now that so how has your perception of the value of the um, far-flung travel changed since the pandemic hit and since we've been in lockdown do you have you found the same fulfillment in traveling to places within Canada closer to home um we did do our Mont Tremblant trip which was amazing so I can speak on that. <laughs> but our Mont Tremblant trip was epic I loved it and um yeah I've been thinking about this a lot because at the beginning of the pandemic I was like I travel for work like once a month at least. Um, and then I have vacation on top of that. And I'm used to, to traveling and I'm used to making it a priority. So how am I going to manage getting through 12 months of this? You know, like I was really worried about that. But um, I realized that travel 
is a state of mind more than getting into getting on a plane and going somewhere exotic. And you can experience that shift in perception of your surroundings through bringing that through bringing that on yourself. So you, instead of changing your environment, you can change your mindset. Um, mm. And my friend has a podcast called the Everyday Magic Project, which I highly recommend. And in on that, the whole idea of the podcast is that she interviews people in the travel industry on how they bring their love of travel into their everyday lives. So how can we like, you know, sit on the bus on our commute to work and look out the window and appreciate that sunrise. Um, And no one's commuting to work anymore, but how can we like look at the interaction between ourselves and our favorite coffee shop barista as like, Oh, you know, this is something new. Like, let me ask them a new question. Let me, so like so much of the time, the the benefits that we get from travel are just below the surface here in our everyday lives but because we're not in that position mentally to get step into that mm-hmm. which naturally happens when you travel mm-hmm. we just condone ourselves to being the same all the time every day you know we don't we don't ask the questions that we would ask when we're traveling we don't share our vulnerabilities as much with strangers but i think that we can definitely bring it into our everyday lives and i've I've found that like I wake up every morning now to see the sunrise from my balcony and it's, it makes me feel like I'm somewhere really exotic and it fills my soul. That's amazing. I actually, I really like that whole idea that you're saying like you, and I actually do believe like in, in Toronto, there are so many different areas, pockets and, you know, coffee shops. And I'll, I'll just walk to ran, different random coffee shops and different to different parts of the city to these and also to support local and yeah. just, I'll actually feel like I'm, I actually do feel like I'm in a different place or country when I, when I go there to these different places. I really do. I mean, I don't know if that's just me, but I just can go into my imagination and just, you know, pretend <laughs> that I'm somewhere else. Exactly. I'm striking up conversations with people, you know? Exactly. It just takes that shift, right? Like you don't have to go far, even just getting in your car and driving an hour up to like go for a hike somewhere or, you know, I know we don't all have cars. I certainly don't. Um, but you and I did our trip to Quebec, just the, the province next door. And it was such an adventure. It was like a six hour drive. We were checking out new things every day. Like we really structured our days as if we were traveling somewhere in Europe and going on like a hiking trip. And that That's was exactly just how it felt. I l- literally felt, by the way, if you guys have not visited Mont Tremblant, you need to, because it was beautiful and underrated um it it felt like i was in germany or austria honestly totally yeah we were remember how obsessed we were with the colors like chain of the leaves <laughs> well you did peak, pick peak leaf season to go this is but, how insane i am i searched for like the leaf peak meter and when when the colors would be at their best and that's when we booked our trip <laughs> yeah that is something iris would do and and anyway it was amazing it felt it literally felt like we were in europe it and and it's really it really it's not that far but um yeah like I like some of those tips that you're giving so yeah like changing your it's all about a mind it's really a mindset shift when it comes to travel you don't necessarily have to get on a plane yeah so sunrise checking out a new coffee shop what else what else can you do um I don't know I guess just check yourself in terms of being vulnerable too, because within your conversations with people, when you're with strangers, especially there's this, 
dopamine receptor in our brain that gets a hit every time that we are open and vulnerable with somebody brand new and they Mm -hmm. respond positively. Mm -hmm. Um, And with travel, like those moments are everywhere, like everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so within easy reach, but during the pandemic, Mm -hmm. they're not. So maybe, I know it's hard to meet random people now, but just even like the person at the grocery store, like have a nice little chat with them. You know, we don't always have to keep our heads down and just focus on what we're doing. So like try and share more of yourself with, with the people around you now. I, I like, like that. I love that actually. Those are some great tips. Awesome. Thanks. And this was a great conversation. I love chatting with you. Like you're just, you're a great host, Steph, and it's been fun to talk travel. So if anyone needs some tips, Thanks, hit me girl. up. Yeah. And yeah, Iris. So where can people reach you if they want to talk more about travel or want tips or any kind of guidance? Where can um, they reach you? They can find me on Instagram. Okay. It's, <laughs> my, my handle is <laughs> at the Serbinator. So T-H-E-S-E-R-B-A-N-A-T-O-R. So feel free to reach out. So send her a DM if you're interested or you just want to know more about travel or need any guidance. And on another note, um, I'll see you guys soon. And until next time.